Uh, it's great. There are some folks that are from out of town that are here, and that's fantastic. And you're probably thinking, wow, they do everything wrong. They got women up there teaching. They talk during communion. The preacher's not going to give them a three-point sermon. What on earth is going on with the kingdom of God, okay? Uh, and so a couple of things is, um, and not to reteach the whole lesson, but uh, uh, one of the things we feel really good about is really studying out the scripture. Yep. Um, and I love that Liz was up here sharing her heart. And uh, I know was, you're in the general area, you know, I knew it was over here. But um, um, so I, I don't know if that's going to put your heart at ease or not, but we're okay with the Bible. Let me tell you, we are okay when it comes to Liz coming up and sharing and speaking. And it's okay to talk during communion. And it's okay to not talk during communion. It's okay to do those things. And I know sometimes we even kind of tongue-in-cheek, that's kind of funny, but I'm being really serious. I love the Word of God, and if we don't love it and learn to handle it well, you want to know what? We start holding on to really weird things, okay? Um, And so I hope you love the Word of God, too, and don't just kind of get stuck in kind of a mold uh, to where we're not even in the will of God with what we're teaching. We start keeping people out uh, that we don't need to keep out. Okay, and so, yeah, we do some things. Are you going to get a three-point sermon? You're not going to get a three-point sermon from me because here's what I want you to do is I want you to go home and dig through this too. All right, it's not prepackaged. This isn't a, this isn't a uh, what do they call, Lunchable. Sometimes we like that in church. Like, Give me a Lunchable. I want to know where the pepperoni is and the crackers are and the cheese and they're already cut for me and, and, and then I just stack them up and eat them. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do. And it's not okay. It's not okay. I've got to be called higher, and so do we. We've got to be called higher. So that's what I want you to do. Hopefully you're taking these lessons on Wednesday and Sunday and at family group and all this stuff. And here's the other thing, okay, just to kind of, sometimes what can happen in church is we think, oh, but there's so much going on, and we're talking about something on Wednesday and something on Sunday. But here's the truth. Um, Our lives are like that, too, and we don't ever have a problem with it. Like your biology teacher is not going to talk about the same thing your history teacher talks about. Right? And they're not going to be okay with going, but teach. No, 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 no. The history teacher's telling us things about history. I can't think about biology right now. No, 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 no. We can. We learned that in fifth grade and sixth grade when we started going to different classes. Okay? And so what am I saying all that for is, is, is this stuff is we can sometimes, there, there should be a thing in our head that just calls us a little higher. You know? And I, I just sometimes feel like in church we just lower the bar so low. And we have such low expectations of ourselves. So anyway, that's my spiel right there, okay? And you may go, that guy's ridiculous and worthless and all that kind of stuff. And you may be true, okay? <laughs> I like a good bell curve like anyone, okay? I haven't put this, this right here, this little five-minute block, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach about. It's just a little teaching moment right here, okay? Here's what I love about this is, is the truth of the matter is anytime we're in a group, there's going to be a small portion of you guys who are going to be like, I hear that, I'm doing that, I'm going for it. I don't care what you say or how you say it, we're going. And that's a small percentage. And then there's a larger percentage of there that some people are going, no, you're going to have to convince me a little bit. Like, I'm not just going just because you say to go. I'm not, like, but I'm open to hearing. Like, I can, be, I can be persuaded. And the further we go down that bell curve, it's, then there's folks that are like, well, mm, I, don't, I can't be persuaded. And then there's a small group of people that are like, I don't care what you say. If you transfigured yourself into a newt right here and started preaching the gospel, I would not listen to you, okay? And G- we know Jesus addressed this because he said, hey, he who has ears, let him hear, okay? That wasn't for people to go, dang, do you have, 
ears? <laughs> like, like, I guess I'm in that group. Jesus is like, of course I know you have ears. I put them there. Okay? But he's going, but the thing about it is, is will I be the one? Will I be somebody that says, I'm listening? Okay? That, that's the thing. That's just a little spiel right there. What are we talking about here? We're talking about loving well. We've got to get better at this. I've got to get better at this. Every single one of us, we've got to get really, really... And here's where God does it, okay? Is he puts us in community. Here, here, look, listen, I will take this out of the recording so it'll never be... There's no proof I'm about to say what I'm going to say, okay? <laughs> Put that phone down, all right? But here's the deal is, is what if we never use the word church again? Never, it, here's the deal is here's why is because almost everybody whether you have a good view a bad view an in-between view is we have completely lost what the bible talks about when it comes to church but here's what is continually spoken of over and over and over again is god says i made a community that speaks to me differently right i mean when i think of community and i think of church i think one i think like and this is my Catholic upbringing, okay? I think stained glass and statues and candles and these things. When I think of community, I think of, hold on a minute, this is a group of people that are all having to help and work together and all of these kind of things. So here's what God did in his enduring wisdom, okay? He said, here's what I'm going to do to help those knuckleheads down there to love well. I'm going to put them all together. Because that's going to bring everything out. That's going to make, listen, it's going to be, because in theory, loving well is awesome, isn't it? I mean, isn't that incredible? Wouldn't you say, I mean, nobody ever would say, eh, loving well, that's not a good idea. Okay, no one, okay? But here's the deal is, is, is once it becomes real and it becomes messy and it gets kind of dirty and all that kind of stuff, then you're like, oh, I don't, like, now, listen, let me just be, uh, really clear about this. First and foremost, okay, God's plan has always been this, and we're going to talk about this. God's plan from the beginning, if we were to take the 30,000 foot view over the Bible, like the plane over the United States, and look down, we would see God's entire plan all along has been taking people, make them into a community to help other people love God, okay, and to bring them into that community, okay? Now, I want to be just let me just be honest with y'all here, okay? Anybody know who this guy is, by the way? No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, Barry, that's so offensive to me, man. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you off on that one, okay? But no, 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 no. I know you know who it is. This is a man, his name is Dick Prennicky. Dick Prennicky, okay? And in, 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 he was like 50 years old. In like 1955, he said, I'm moving up to Twin Lakes, Alaska, and I'm going to build a cabin. I'm going to live there. All by myself. There was no neighborhood. There is no neighborhood. He literally, with no electricity at all, hand-built that cabin and lived there for 35 years. Now, what am I being honest about? I dream of this. <laughs> I yearn for this. There are times in my life, and I'm going, if I could just live in his cabin, away from everybody, and I let Abby and the kids come up every once in a while, Okay? <laughs> So I don't want to come up, I don't want this message to make it sound like, dude, I am just the guy who thinks community is, a, no, 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 
No. My wife knows where I am at in my head by how often I'm watching his documentary on TV, which we own. I own the hour documentary. It is soothing to my soul just to dream about this, okay? Some of you ladies, you have romance novels that y'all shouldn't be getting into, okay? I have Dick Prennicky building a cabin, okay? I'm there. I'm just like, oh, that would be so awesome. So that's just, let me put that out there so you don't think that this is just like, you know, me coming down and, and saying all these kind of things. Man, uh, so often my heart is right here, except here's the truth of the matter is, is here's what Keith wants and dreams of sometimes, and then there's what God says is going to happen, okay? Um, and so, um, oh, let me go back a little bit here. So th- here's just the 30,000 foot view, okay? This is the big picture. This is from the beginning is God telling us. And I'm, I'm putting these here because so you can write these down. The, the slides will be up on Facebook if you don't want to write them all down either. Uh, but from the beginning, Genesis 1, Genesis 9, he says, listen, go out, be fruitful, and multiply. That's a good thing. Get big. Have lots of babies. Okay? Do that. That is fantastic, okay? Genesis 12, he says, hey, Abraham, you know what's really great? I'm going to call you. And he didn't say, Abraham, I'm just going to make you this singular little guy over here with a couple people. He says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, all right? We're just getting a vision of God for community here, okay? From the beginning, this isn't a New Testament thing. Okay, what did he do in Exodus? He says, all my people, I'm going to save them. I'm going to bring them out of Egypt, out of slavery, in Leviticus, he says, here's the deal is I'm going to make all my people holy. Okay, so well, this is just a story. We've got to know this story in order to have a deep conviction about biblical community. It, because if it's just about going to church, we're not going to have a very deep biblical conviction. Okay, but go, hold on a minute. God worked in groups in, among his people, among his nation. He said, listen, they're enslaved. I'm going to bring them out. Okay, I'm going to take them out of Egypt. But then he says, I'm going to take Egypt out of them, too. They've got to become holy, all of my people. I'm going to walk with them. I'm not just going to take them to heaven. That's why when you were baptized, you didn't go straight to heaven. Because God said, no, 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 I want my people on earth loving me and modeling what I'm modeling. Then he brings them to the promised land. John 17, we know this. Jesus prayed. He goes, I want all my people to be unified. I want them to be together. I want them to be heart and soul unified. Acts chapter 2, it says the community, they, they met together daily. They met together daily. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. He says, this is going to be as diverse as your and my body. Look at your thumb. I'm going to tell you something. It looks nothing like your ear. It does nothing even remotely close to what your ear does. Okay, you cannot pick things up with your ear. Okay, the thumb isn't a particularly attractive part of your body. Okay. And neither is the ear oftentimes, okay? But here's what I'm saying is 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 gives us the picture. If Jesus was going to paint this beautiful masterpiece of what a community of faith looked like, he was going to say, man, it was going to be this group of diverse functions, diverse look, diverse all of these things, but they're going to come together and make one single body. Let me ask you something. If I lopped off Hayes' arm right now, would his arm think this is freedom now? with the arm go this is what i've been waiting for when i was connected to that dude's body i mean his armpit didn't smell that good and you know all this he says would your arm think it was freedom to not be connected to your body right it would die right it would absolutely die but sometimes we think that we think oh but it would freedom is not being connected we think 
But when we use Jesus' own, when we use God's own analogy, that doesn't make any sense at all. Freedom of our body parts from our body is not freedom. It's death, okay? And so why am I saying all this again? Loving well is about a deep conviction. It's not just about information. It's not just about taking great notes. It's not just about those things. It's about having a deep conviction. When somebody asks you, you don't have to go, oh, well, let me come up with an answer. It's like, no, this is my deep conviction because it comes from God. And because I can tell you the 30,000-foot view, and I can tell you how the early church was, all right? He says, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 1, he says, listen, I want you to strive like you're one man. The fact that we have letters that are written to different towns and all of these kind of things tells us that, okay, this goes even, the, the, the large community breaks down even to smaller communities. Okay, we have Paul writing to different places. So there's a sheet of paper that you have, and you can keep it. Don't read it during the sermon right now, but please take it home. It's the one another passages, okay? Here's the interesting thing is, is we can grow a lot. You know, we've talked on Wednesday night about solitude and silence and about getting to a place where you're alone, okay? A lot can happen there. A lot of amazing things can happen, but there's one thing that cannot happen in solitude. Our character can't be built. Our character can't be built. You can't go and live in Twin Lakes, Alaska, and your character be built. You can't go and separate yourself from people and have your character worked on. You just can't. We cannot do this. And we see that every single time the Bible says, do this with one another. He's telling us explicitly or implicitly saying, listen, I'm assuming y'all are in the community doing this. And to have this deep conviction about that, okay? Even the terminology that's used, right, is brothers, sisters, our Father in heaven, okay? It's this idea of painting a picture. And I'm just kind of asking you, is that your deep conviction? And if it is, is it passed on? Who is it passed on to? Who has it been passed on to? Okay? 1 Peter 2.9 really sums this up. I love this. Let's slow down just for a second here. I'll give you a quick overview. But let's read this here. This is what God says. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Okay, that's quite a description. The reason he says that is because Christians are better than everyone else. Right? Right? No, nah, but the truth we are, here's the truth. We're all messed up. There's this equal playing field in the world of complete mess ups, and we all are a part of that club. It isn't because God is going, you know what, Alex Burke, you are so much better than all those other guys up in Michigan. You're so much better than them. That's why you're going to be my people. Actually, he was kind of like, he kind of takes the poor and pathetic and all that kind of stuff, and he makes us uh, his nation, right? I mean, it's not. You know, in America, sometimes Christianity is seen as this elite kind of thing. And Jesus was like, no, actually, I took the people that were unschooled and ordinary. I took the B team. I took the JVs. I took the guys that no one else wanted because that's how my power is going to be shown. Okay? And so here's it. But he says these things. So that you can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into its wonderful light. He said there's a reason for it. Is because this is so amazing and so incredible that you can't help but to just declare how amazing it is. 
You know, and that's just the thing right there. If we've done that, I mean, we've talked a lot about Philippians 4, 8, what's true and noble, right and pure, lovely and admirable, right? We've talked about that so often. But have you declared, declared the praises of him who has called you into his light? He said, that's the reason that we get to be called the other things. Is so that we would do that. Isn't it easier, though, to get just totally, from a student perspective, isn't it easier to just get stressed out about school? Or work? Isn't it easier to, to declare the stresses and go, that's not what we and you were called out, though, for? Yeah. It was to declare the praises. Is this the only, did he exclude all people that have tests this week? Did he exclude all people that are having a hard time in their job? Did he exclude all people that things just going, aren't going our way? No. Presumably, he's talking about everybody. He said, you used to not be a people, but now you are. Once you didn't receive mercy, but now you have. And then he says, here's the deal, Liz. Is remember how we've been talking about discipleship in Jesus as discipleship for others? Remember we said that about discipleship in Jesus isn't to make us feel closer to God, but to love others the way Jesus loved us? He says, I urge you to do that. Because you are foreigners, you are exiled. Don't, I want you to abstain from sinful desires. Because they're warring against your soul. But live in a way among the pagans or the Gentiles that they might even accuse you of doing wrong. They can accuse you of doing wrong. But in the end, he, here's what the picture. In the end, they can see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Here's what that looks like. Is you, you may have somebody that says, man, that Deb Albritton, she is so rotten and she doesn't even like people and she is a cheater and she's a swindler and all that kind of stuff. And they said, you know, people are going to make stuff up about you. If it's true, like repent, right? Uh, and we get that. And I'm using Deb because I don't think any of those things are true. <laughs> and Rich told me all her sins, okay? <laughs> and none of those were in there. But he says, here's what that'll look like. Is at the end, people go, oh, you know what? I was wrong. Look, I made that stuff up. God is awesome. All right? That, that's the point of how we live with one another is as he loved us, so we love others. Okay, and, and here's just the thing. Let's us ask this question to ourselves. Am I on the same page with God when it comes to this kind of community? Like, like that 30,000 foot view, am I on the same page? Take the one another scriptures home and look through them and, and not look at them from a standpoint of I know what they say, but what does this look like or what is this looking like in my life today? All right, that, that's really what we're talking about. Are we, me and you, okay, not waiting for someone else to do it, not waiting for another family to do it, not waiting for another group of three to do it. Like for me, am I, do I have this deep conviction about community? Because here's the deal is, God is telling us, we're going to read this, if y'all want to love well, you're going to have to do it with a whole bunch of people that are all, frankly, we're all hard to love at times. Now, there are times we're super easy. I get that. But you know what? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? There are times that people, we are hard to love. There's even a time I'm probably hard to love. <laughs> Don't be laughing at that, Patrick. <laughs> okay, but, but the truth of the matter is we all are there, okay? Are we on the same page? We're going, well, why? Please, God, if there was any other way, did you have to put us in a community? <laughs> I mean, if there was any other way to follow you, Why? Okay, well, there's a number of things that we're not going to get into. One of them is accountability, right? 
Isn't it great? I mean, it just becomes, when I'm disconnected from everybody, you know who knows everything? Me. I'm not convicted of any sin in my life when I'm not around people. I can justify, I'm, I think this is my spiritual gift. I can justify anything. Okay? Right? That's my superhero power even, you know? It's like, what can he do? Justify a sin in a single bound. Okay? Accountability, we've got to have. If we're going to love well. Hey, man, it builds character. It gives us, we model this, right? I mean, in community, it requires us to see. In fact, the way God tells us to live is actually modeling what he's already done for us, okay? So when he says, love your enemies, he's saying, well, the, word has to, the world has to see the church doing that because Jesus did that for us, All right? We're a walking illustration, okay? I did not draw this myself, okay? Can you see the letters right there? It's funny. When we talk about community or family, a lot of times it's really easy to think of just like a concrete idea, okay? Except let's take this, for instance. Let's just take family, for instance. Is your family that you all live at home, like your nuclear family is like A, right? It's, it's all kids, mom, dad sitting at home. Out at E is like great-great-grandparents and uncles that live out of the state, and they're way far away, and you talk to them at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and sometimes they take a trip in, and all that, but they're still family, okay? It's really interesting. The community of faith is the same way, okay? Is you have, the way the Bible is constructed even is, is you have, you have Christians all over the world, okay, that you may never see even, that you may never hear about, that you may ever talk to, that you may ever put your eyes on, you may never, ever, ever have a relationship with, okay? And then as it gets closer, then you have the community of faith that's maybe in the United States of America, okay? And you may see them periodically. And then you have the community of faith that comes in your state, okay? The Christians in the state of South Carolina. And the community of faith gets shorter. And maybe the next one is the Clemson Foothills Church is the community of faith, Okay? And then that next one might be your family group. Here's what's interesting to me is, is, is that right there, accountability, character building, all that kind of stuff. The big picture, when it's people that don't see me that much, I can fool them so easy. You know, like, like that, oftentimes that's one of the things. We're like, man, I want to go to that conference that has 30,000 people that I'll see once in my whole life. And that's, there's no accountability. There's no character building there. It's just, hey, it's great to see you. It's awesome. That's great. You get on your plane. I'll get on my plane and we'll go. But as the, as the circle shrinks, it's really easy for us to run. It's really easy to love a conference. There's no accountability. You might have like a group time there. But here's the truth of the matter is, is my great, great, great uncle that lives over in Montana, I can talk to him about my things. And he is not equipped to really dig in there and figure out, hold on a minute, but, but, but you, you didn't tell me you've been doing this for two years now. You have some things out that all I know you is from the outside. So as that circle gets closer, as disciples, sometimes we can, we can pull back. Because when it comes to accountability and loving well, and the smaller that group gets, the harder it is to love well. Because all of a sudden, you want to know what? When the group is smaller, when you're sitting in your family group, when you're sitting at your group of three, when you're sitting at a Friday night group, when you're sitting somewhere like that, it's all of a sudden, it's like people start knowing what's going on. People start knowing that, hold on a minute. 
Listen, we're going to start digging into some things about really loving well. And so what, I'm, what, I'm, what I really want to challenge us to do is insert yourself in the smaller groups, okay? Like put your heart there. Because again, it's easy, even in a small group on a Sunday morning, you want to know what? There's not a ton of accountability right here. There just didn't. When we, get, when we get together with the Greenville Church, First Rock Church, there's not an accountability level. I mean, you can confess and you can do all that kind of stuff, but it's different. You know what I'm talking about? Is when you ever had that happen before where, where somebody comes and talks to you and said, hey, I talked to your friend and they said this and this, and you're like, hold on a minute. They didn't tell you 80% of the story. It's too easy to do that. We, if we're going to love well, we've got to like put our hearts into group of three and in a family group and all that kind of stuff. And really, here's what I love about this. And so, man, this blows my mind. But Jody and Sue Higgins, um, you want to know what? Were invested down in Charleston and here, even when there was life-threatening illness. All right? When Dave Roper was here, that dude worked however, whatever 24 times 7 is, add five hours to that, and that was his work schedule. Okay, and there's not a soul that would say he was not invested in the community of faith. Okay, the, here's you got that man back there with his little baby daughter. Okay, where all of a sudden having babies has become like an illness. Okay, and I love that they fight because they are part of the community. It's like you want to know what my baby's going to do is follow my schedule. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting around the community and I'm gonna bring my baby with me. And you want to know what? That, that girl is perfect every time. They, they say she isn't. I don't believe them. Okay? But I love that. Here's why. It's because here's what's happened is, is, is years and years ago, it was like, no, you're going to be a part of the community whether you like it or not, and shut your mouth and don't say anything about it. Here's what I'm saying is let's get a deep conviction about it for real because what we've kind of gone into is, well, you know what? Like being with the community of faith isn't that big a deal. That's not what I read. That's not what I read at all. Like, there's no part of this, okay? And we're not just doing family groups and small groups just to do them. Like, there's a specific purpose, all right, to know and to be known, okay? And that is so vital to loving well. I got to know that in our family group, the people know all the games I play, all the petty attitudes I have, all right? They've got to know that in order to go, hold up, dude. That ain't going to fly in this group, okay? That has got to happen. Because, at, like I said, on, on a large scale, it's just awesome. On a smaller scale, let's not retreat from that. Let's not dig in and go, oh, no, no, but I got lots of tests this week, so I'm not going to go to something. Hey, man, life doesn't get any less stressful. Just because you don't have tests doesn't mean that it's... It's not like, you know, the picture in your mind might be if you're in college is that everybody is not in college is sitting back with like a Mai Tai in a, in a hot tub, you know, just like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that stressful school period was over. Now we can just sit around and get massages and stuff, you know? No, that's not the case, okay? Um, so that's just one of those things that kind of helps me see that, that when we talk about community, we're not talking about this concrete thing. We're talking about this, this large kind of concentric circles that all kind of work within one another, but we've got to live in that small area, like in the smaller ones 
We've got to really be vulnerable in giving our hearts to, okay? And here's the thing, though, okay? This is just, we're going to talk about this for a minute. Okay, being in community is great for our character. Being community, community is great for our accountability. It's, it's great because it helps us model things, okay? But here's the deal is a lot of us grew up, most of us grew up, we had no idea how to handle conflict. Not a, not a smidgen of function in most cases. In perfectly happy homes. I grew up in a fairly happy home, totally dysfunctional when it came to com- com- conflict. Okay? You know what? In a community... We learn to love well because the Bible teaches us how to handle conflict. Can you tell me some ways that maybe you've seen conflict handled? Hey, is anything you show me, I won't assume it was from your parents. <laughs> you can say the all Britons taught me that dysfunctional conflict looks like that. No, but what does dysfunctional like conflict resolution look like in a family? Dysfunction. Thank you. Just. Me getting an attitude and not talking to devil. Pouting. And just pouting. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because Jesus said to do it that way. Right? But isn't it amazing? Here's the deal is, if you weren't married to Deb, if you were just kind of on an island somewhere, drinking Mai Tais and getting, you know, whatever the hot tub was there in an island out in the ocean. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but here's the truth is, is, is there's no capability of, like, learning how to handle this part of our character. Okay? Right, <laughs> That's, that's something else. Okay. <laughs> Pouting. What else? Um, trying to get your point across by being louder than the other person. Just yell louder. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Loud man wins. Yep. It's an old preaching trick. <laughs> the louder you yell, the more right you are, okay? Absolutely. Oh, come on, just share something. <laughs> I know you got something, man. You're you won't s- let go because you know that you're right. You're right. Even when you realize that you're wrong, you don't want to say it. You're right. That's right. I always love bringing other people in who have nothing to do with the situation and because they can tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. All of these things. This is so good. We have, we're chock full of good stuff here. Right. We, we, uh, right. What about this? Just walking out. I'm not talking. Whatever it is. There is so much dysfunction. We do dysfunction really well when it comes to conflict and all these kind of things, okay? We learned it even, listen, it wasn't just Calvin and Hobbes, the Simpsons, right? We learned oftentimes that, that wow, that's kind of what it might look like, okay? Um, turn over to Matthew 18. Turn over to Matthew 18. Why is this so important? Because here's the truth of the matter. If we're going to love well and really learn to love well, and we're going to really invest in, in the way I think about it is the church has to get bigger and stay smaller at the same time. That, that's what we have to do. We've got to get bigger and we have to stay smaller. Okay. So if we're really going to invest in our small communities, uh, of, of our small family groups and groups of three and all that kind of stuff, here's what will absolutely happen. There will be conflict. Absolutely. Okay. If, the, if mine and your response is, I'm out of here. Or, I'm not even out of here physically, I'm out of here. Like, here, in my head, in my heart, I'm out of here. Like, mm, I'll show up still, but I ain't giving my heart. Right? I'll keep calling that person that lives, you know, five hours away. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, really, truthfully, um, will I be here? 
when conflict arises, okay? Matthew 18, verse 15, we often, we often think this has to do with church discipline. And sometimes it does, but most of the time it's just mundane. If your brother sins against you, go and rebuke him in private. That's like a simple, that's a simple command, right? All right, let me, let me be clear about something. Rebuke doesn't mean yelling at somebody. Rebuke doesn't mean calling people names. Rebuke doesn't mean mind reading. Rebuke doesn't mean I know what you were thinking right there. Rebuke doesn't mean that. All right? But it says if a brother sins against you. Okay? Let me kind of flip the tables. You ever done this before? I go to Jacob and I say, Jacob, I've hated you for years. And I've just had a bad attitude. And every time I see you, I want to throw up. I just want to be honest with you. I just want to be honest with you. That's not Matthew 18. Um, It doesn't say if you feel this way. In fact, this is just me talking from my own heart right here is most of the time when I feel that way, it's a me thing. Like, why am I going to bring him into it? He he might have done nothing. You know, I've just nursed a bad attitude for years. I'm going, you know what? I need to please Jesus right now and just go tell them you know, that I have hated them for so long. That is not Matthew 18, okay? That isn't. That's called repent, all right? Get some help from someone else maybe, but repent and move on, okay? So, but Matthew, so it goes on. If they did, rebuke them in private if they listen to you. But, but if they won't listen to you, take one or two more. That's a pretty simple equation, isn't it? Anything like deeply theological about that? Anything really tough? Anything really ambiguous about it? Anything when you listen to it, you're going, what does he mean? Bring one or two more? I don't know what that means. <laughs> is, that a, is that an allegory? Is that a metaphor? Is that a, you know, I'm going to need to think about this for a while. He's going, no, 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 he actually means. Like, no, no, that person ain't hearing it. And going, listen, let's get on the same page with Jesus. He says bring one or two more in. And let's talk about this. Why? Because we need to resolve this conflict. We need reconciliation. Why is resolution and reconciliation, do you think, so important? What would you say? What do you think? I mean, your heart's not going to be in a good place if you don't have a Bad place. Bad place for your heart, right? It stops that thing, the hating that you were talking about earlier. When I actually address things in the moment, then I'm not going to hold on to bitterness. And yeah. Get yeah. About stuff that doesn't even exist later. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a sin that separates us from God. So, like, even though you think it's just between you and the person, really it's pulling you away from him. Hey, it's separation. It, it just is separation, right? It, it, it is absolutely that, yeah. Which brings no glory to God. None. It says that I, I stopped worrying about that thing I said was my master, my Lord, and all was about glorifying him, And but this ends that. I need yeah. to indulge in what I feel and Honestly, to heck with what everybody else sees. That's right. Absolutely. And these are things, here's the truth of the matter. You're going, oh, I hope this never happens to me. Listen, we're going to have conflict. And here's, the, here's really the great thing about community is, is that's how you build a strong community. It isn't just when you have no conflict. It's overcoming the conflict. Why is resolution and reconciliation so good? Is because Jesus loves that. That's what he did for us. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus goes, hold on a minute. I went to death to reconcile and resolve our relationship. 
All right? These are, these are huge, huge things that we need to be really just really good at, okay? Uh, he says to do that. And he says down here, kind of an ambiguous verse, for two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Or whatever you agree on in prayer with two or three people, it'll be done. Okay, here's the interesting thing. I don't want to burst your bubble here, okay, because you might be going, man, this is, see, that's all I need is two or three people, and that's the church, and we're just going to go do our own thing. No, 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 no. He's not talking about that. He's talking to Jewish people that are well aware of even the law in Deuteronomy 19 that says, hey, don't entertain an accusation unless there's two or three people. This has nothing to do with a group of three. This has nothing to do with agreeing with two or three people. Here's the crazy thing is, Jesus in Matthew 28, he says, I'm with you always. This doesn't mean he has a special with you-ness because there's two or three people. He's specifically talking about conflict resolution. He says, where two or three people come together and they're all like, yeah, you know what? That was wrong. You do need to repent. This does need to change. He's like, that's when you know, man, I'm with you. Okay, so I don't want to burst your bubble. That may be your favorite verse. You're like, I love that one because I can miss church, but if I'm with two or three other people, then God is happy. All right, not four. Don't make it four. That's just divisive, right? So you have that. It's dysfunction. Again, here's what we got to come back to is, am I going to do it Jesus' way or are we going to do it our way? Dysfunctionally. Hey, don't say anything. Don't deal with it, right? Just make it, it'll go away on its own, right? Man, if you've, if you've lived longer than like 30 or so years, have you ever seen that happen? Where something just like, no, 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 I'm not going to say anything and hopefully it goes away. It doesn't happen with sin. It doesn't happen with conflict. It doesn't happen with anything where it just magically disappears. And then, you know, Peter, you got to love him down here uh, because through all of this talk about reconciliation and resolution, he says, hold, hold up a minute, Jesus so if somebody sins against me, how many times do I have to forgive them? <laughs> like, can you tell me that time when I can just get rid of them? Can you tell me that time? And Jesus says, well, I mean, 70 times 7. Don't do that math. That's not normal math. That's God math. <laughs> okay? That's not like, you know, calculator on your watch, 70 times 7. Okay, 490. Yeah, okay, I can do that. 490. Okay, no, 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 this is God math of, hey, listen, when that brother comes back and repents, you forgive them, okay? Because that is, that is huge in the community of faith, that forgiveness has been, has been given and extended. But this is a huge thing. I, here's my fear is, is, is we can pick a few things that we might go, okay, I'm loving well when I do those things. If we aren't, absolutely just all in on this idea of community all right our hearts are really not ever going to get challenged this is why we talk often even about group of three if you get together once every four or five weeks there's not going to be accountability there isn't going to be somebody in your life there isn't going those things aren't going to happen if you're sporadically like well i'm not totally into family group i'm into doing something else on this like the community is going to fizzle and again it isn't about going well because clemson foothills church says to do it this way no no no. hopefully our deepest conviction is this is what god says this is what he says and there's a lot of latitude in that okay if 
If you want to go meet at a park, you can go meet at a park. You want to meet in a house, you can meet in a house. You want to go meet at the lake, you can go meet in a lake. You want to go meet, you know, you can meet wherever you want. I don't think Jesus cares where you meet, okay? But meet where you agree on meeting, <laughs> okay? Don't, don't be like, nah, uh-uh, I ain't meeting there. I don't like going to Madron. I'm not meeting at Madron. Well, this is where we agreed on meeting. That's part of it. You got to agree on something, right? I mean, at some point, you do have to come into agreement. All, Hay's entire group of three can't agree to meet in three different places. Okay? Right. Well, you tried it. It doesn't work too well, does it? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. How'd that work? <laughs> You're like, our community of faith is awesome. Right? We've all decided to go different places because we know Jesus is it all in. Satan's at Starbucks, and Mojo's is completely just whatever. We don't know yet. Right? But, but this is the deal is, go back um, and, and really ask, am I on the same page when it comes to this? Am I loving well? Remember, the, the flavor of all of this, the topping, the marinade, everything that these verses are like just soaking up is John 13, 35. As I loved you, so you must love others. As I loved you. Here's the interesting thing. This is what I really love too. Is, as the group gets smaller, you want to know what there's less... Um, what has to happen less? Me being selfish. As the group gets smaller, you know what becomes more evident? Selfishness. As the group's bigger, we can all be selfish. But when that group gets smaller, all of a sudden, here, here's the deal is, is, is if I'm unwilling to deny myself, I become problematic to my family. And this is sitting down at your own kitchen table. It's when Rory gets big enough and you've got to brood of other kids. It's, it's when the smaller the group, self-centeredness becomes more problematic. That's what's the beautiful thing about community. And he says, listen, there's the big community, but there's a smaller community that's going to challenge our hearts to love well. And just ask yourself, have I loved my group of three well? Have I loved my family group well? Have I, regardless of any circumstances, have I been that way? Have I been totally like they know I am devoted to the community, regardless of my time commitment, we talked about Dave Roper, my health commitment, as we talked about with the Higgins, the baby commitment, as we talked about with the Galbraiths, whatever it is, my community of faith knows that my heart and soul is right there. All right? If, if it's ambiguous then the truth of the matter is the problem's not with the community. The problem becomes with us, like being on the outside, right? Being the guy in the cabin up in Alaska. Can't be that guy and follow Jesus. In Acts 2.42, they said what? They were devoted to what things? The apostles' teachings, the breaking of bread, prayer, and fellowship. And they were addicted to those things. That's what we're being called to do. But once again, as we love well.